This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, what up, what up, Clock Dodgers? It is your boy, Neil. You are listening to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome back. I appreciate you for joining me. If you're new here, let's get familiar. The Clock Dodgers podcast is a podcast that really we talk about anything, whether it's fantasy football, whether it's entertainment, whether it's culture, whether it's comedy, music. I mean, we go all across the board, right? This episode happens to be fantasy football, which we do pretty often, fairly often, right? It's something we love. So the guest on the show today is Kevin. You may know him as the fantasy football engineer. If you don't know him, that's what he goes by. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter. You're, you're going to hear all the things to follow him and how to support him in the podcast. But, of course, I like to send it to you guys as well beforehand. Um, so this way you can go ahead and check out the guy if you don't know, if you're not familiar with him. Um, so at the underscore FF underscore engineer. He's an underscore kind of guy. Um, go check him out. He's a writer for DLF football or DL football, Dynasty League football. Um and then, of course, um, he has his own podcast, uh, which is the Fantasy Football Engineering Podcast. So um, th- these things are all things I ask you to please hit him up, follow him, support him, uh, subscribe to his podcast, do all that kind of stuff. You'll hear in the episode, he's a cool guy, really smart dude, knows his stuff. So it was fun to uh, you know to get the fantasy football stuff in depth right before the preseason kicks off. Uh, if you're listening to this episode when it drops, there's actually football today. Um, if you're listening to it after the fact, you may have already watched the game. Who knows? But it doesn't matter. Uh, the content was great. Uh, he, he did not shy away from anything. He, he gave it, um, he gave some great advice. So, uh, shout out to Kevin again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, great dude. Uh, it it was a fun chat before I get into the conversation. I just want to, of course, remind you guys that, um, well, one, the Charity League, sponsored by Official Fantasy Ranks, has been filled. Thank you again, everybody who, who hit me up. Um, if you didn't make the cut, of course, there's more leagues coming hopefully soon. Um, but that one is one for the ring, the Charity League. I'll send out more details as soon as I have them available. Um, those who are in, I will be hitting up shortly to let you know that you are officially in and you don't have to worry about it no more. Um, but yeah, that that is done with. I am proud and, and, and honored and happy to say that uh, no halftime, the Daily Fantasy Sports app is back as a sponsor of the Cloud Dodgers podcast. They've been sponsoring this podcast since day one, it feels like. Uh, I mean, literally, um, they believed in what we were doing very early on. They were the first sponsor to believe in what we're doing. So I'm always going to rock with no halftime. You guys know that. You guys have supported no halftime immensely. Uh, you guys have been beneficial to... Uh, the sponsorship to the family that we got here. No halftime is family. They are extended family of the Cloud Dodgers podcast. There's no question. Um, those who who enjoyed it last year know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a lot of money to be won on no halftime. There's a lot of fun to be had, and it's a unique 
you know, setup. It's daily fantasy sports, player versus player action. I'll get into more things that are coming with the you know halftime sponsorship because there's some there's some fun stuff. Uh, but I don't I don't want to give it to you till it's all ironed out. Um, so hopefully by the next podcast I will have more details on that. Um, but again, honored, excited to be you know, to be sponsored by No Halftime again to have joint join it with these guys again. They're a great group of people from from the top to the bottom. Customer service, the the, the platform itself, they're constantly um, you know improving the system. And, and again, we had so much fun last year with it. So much fun. So all I ask is that you join me again for that. Before you go there and sign up, just wait. Hold off on that if you haven't signed up already because I have a promo code coming and some fun stuff. So if you if you sign up before that, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get a, be a part of the fun. You know, you just got to wait till I have that promo code for you, which hopefully is next episode. Uh, and I'll have more details as far as what you get when using that promo code. But just bear with me. If you haven't signed up, just bear with me. Um, if you have signed up, you guys know how it is. You know how the Clock Dodger family works. Tell tell your friends, tell your family. Why why be greedy and hold these things to yourself? You know what I mean. But just wait again until I have that promo code. I just couldn't. I just wanted to tell you guys. So exciting stuff are coming uh, with no halftime and Clock Dodgers. So definitely be on the lookout for that. I don't want to hold you up anymore from the episode with Kevin. So I'm gonna go ahead and um, let this thing rip, and then we will uh we'll, we'll chat on the other end. All right. So hang with me on the other end. Um, and we'll get into some other business. Enjoy the conversation, guys. Cannot play with it. Cannot win with it. Cannot go with it. Can't do it. Now, man, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Hey, Kevin, how's uh, life on your side of town, man? Things are great, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Really appreciate uh, giving me the opportunity to join you. It's a fun podcast, man. Absolutely. I, I appreciate you coming on. You know, I'm glad we got to have this um, this chat right now because it's we're you know, we're right before the NFL season starts, you know, the preseason, I should say. Um, you know, we, we've been kind of talking and planning this for a while, but this is a perfect time because a lot of people are having, you know, questions and debates and things they're still kind of tossing around. But we're getting close to a lot of people's, um, you know, live drafts or they have offline drafts and, you know, drafts in their people's houses and at restaurants. So we're getting close to that time where those kind of things are starting to go down you know what i mean yeah man definitely so i'm happy we, you know i got a lot of questions here uh from from listeners uh a lot a lot of fun stuff to get into before we get into the football side of things though um i did want to talk to you about your podcast for a second um you're what you're 18 episodes in am i right yeah just hit 18 episodes released with ryan mcdowell right so yeah you're 18 episodes deep so the episode i mean the, the podcast is, is new in a sense right i mean it's fairly new you started it this off season correct yeah it just started uh end of april around draft time okay so you know when i was i was of course i always asked for uh you know questions on twitter and things like that and i had this question in mind anyway but i did want to shout out michael stepney really quick for for also sending the question my way but we were kind of curious you know what made you start a podcast like why why now what what what, what you know what occurred to kind of make this happen yeah, so I listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, my work kind of allows me to write some code and uh, always listening throughout the day at work. And then sometimes at night, I'll listen to a couple as well. So 
um, those so many interviews with great minds that I've heard, and I would want to like reach through the my my iPhone listening to the interviews and like wait a minute, slow down, like that that's gold what you just talked about, and they would like run by the topic. So I, I would, had the urge to interview people and ask different questions that I thought weren't weren't getting answered, and I felt there was a lot of knowledge and brilliance that you could pick from these guys' brains. So these uh, bright minds of the, uh, not only fantasy football, but, uh, you know, I had Andrew Brandt on who is, uh, you know, business of sports. He does a podcast, business of sports, uh, money morning quarterback kind of thing. So he's salary cap expert. And then right. I um, had a couple of different people. I have had uh, Manish Mehta, who is a uh, Jets beat writer, uh, kind of, you know, all different walks of life. I'm, I'm going to have uh Peter Jennings, uh, co-founder of Fantasy Labs, coming up next week, talking about how I can apply DFS to Dynasty football. And uh, so I just want to pull all these minds, and I felt like I could bring something unique to the table. Right, for sure. I mean, yeah, you definitely have a good uh, a good lineup of people that you've had on so far. And, you know, when I had JJ on last week, we kind of spoke about um, fantasy football. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot right now. There's a lot of content, whether it's written or, you know, in podcast form. But what, what, what do you feel is separating your podcast from others? Like, why should people come to your podcast? What, what are you doing differently? I know, I know you mentioned you slow things down a little bit. Do you feel like you're asking different questions or just kind of hitting on certain points that maybe others are, are leaving out or, or what? is it yeah so for me i just wanted to be able to pull maybe uh go in a little bit take a deeper dive in the thought process behind like either if someone's doing projections not i didn't want to just talk about the projections i kind of wanted to get and capture their frame of mind you know what are the things that they're focused on when they're developing their projections are they looking at training camp reports are they looking at volume of offense? Are they looking at all of it? Are they looking at strength of schedule? I, I wanted to know what their mindset was when they do that. So, it, and and that applies for if uh, I pick somebody like um, Rich Rebar, where I think he's an excellent drafter, both redraft and dynasty. I think he drafts really well. So I'll pick his brain and you know how, how do you draft, man? How do you build your rosters? Dissimilar players, those kind of things. And then uh, I wanted to pick brains a little bit deeper, and not only you know, player A first B. Right. Gotcha. So what, what have, and this may be, this may be hard to answer. I don't know, but what, what have you learned from having your own podcast and, and speaking to these guys directly, you know, different from just listening to them on other people's podcasts? Have, have you seen a different side of things or of people? I mean, is there something different you're picking up now that you're doing them? Um, you know, just, uh, I guess to, to put it simply, uh, I didn't, it, it, it's kind of obvious, but you don't really realize it until you talk to these guys is that they all just love talking football. I mean, at the core of it, they're, they're fans of this game. They're, they're fans of the NFL, and they really do like just talking about it, whether it's hot mic or not. You know, um, I was on a podcast recently, and I told the guys, um, they were thanking me for coming on. I said, heck, you know, I would have done this if you didn't hit record, you know, just like let's <laughs> have a Google Hangout and talk about football. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I just enjoy talking about football. So going through this, um, I guess when I came into it, I was a little intimidated to have guys like Evan Silva and JJ, who I've looked up to, Sigmund Bloom, all these guys, Andrew Brandt, um, guys that I've kind of looked up to and and thought these the, like celebrities, right? And I'm just this... I'm just another guy, you know, I'm a, a fan that started writing and sharing knowledge and things like that on Twitter. 
and I don't think anything great of myself. So I was pretty intimidated to ask these guys to come on. But now that I have, um, it's I realize they're just guys that like to talk football. Yeah, absolutely. People. We're just like you no know, football fans, you know. Right, for sure. And, you know, me and you have spoken before about, you know, you being a family guy. I'm a family guy. We have, you know, jobs, kids, all, all these things. But, you know, with, with clock yarders, I always try to, you know, kind of motivate people and, and tell them, you know, to, to chase your passion, passions and things that you want to do um, outside of, you know, those nine to five schedules and whatnot. Um, a, lot, a lot of times people will tell you, um, I can't find the time, you know, um, in, in, in regards to outside of their normal stuff that they're already doing. So for people who, you know, who want to write or want to podcast or want to do whatever, it has nothing even, even nothing to do in this industry at all. Um, as, as a guy who's juggling all those things yourself, what, what do you say to those people? Yeah. You know, you got to commit to yourself whether you want to have a hobby or not. And I think a hobby is pretty important and just for your mental capacity, you know, you're dealing with either family or work or life. Um, I think there's an outlet. Some people play video games. Some people go to a bar with their friends a couple times a night. Um, you know, for me, it's fantasy football. And um, it, I didn't have such a desire to write necessarily. I had a desire to learn more about this hobby and spend more time in it. So, and then once you just dedicate yourself to having a hobby, it becomes you got to carve out some time for yourself to do it. And, right. you know, I'm probably more on the degenerate side where I'm like, on my phone at work at lunchtime, you know, on Twitter almost all day long, you know, hitting up even five minutes here and there, catching up on news, reading an article every, every chance I get, you know, um, one of the first guys I, I, um, he used to write for DLF and then he was with UTH for a little while, Doug Veach. Uh, he, I remember hearing him on a podcast and him saying, you know, if you really want to like write for this or you want to get better at fantasy, you got to take every opportunity. And and I started laughing so hard when he said on a podcast that, you know, that time you're taking a dump is valuable time, man. <laughs> yeah. Either watch it, watch a video of a, of a draft of a rookie player or read an article in that time you're sitting on the pot or something, you know, you got to make time <laughs> everywhere you can. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's kind of my approach is that any chance I get, I try to do it. And then in terms of writing and, podcasting i try to do it after kids are going to sleep so wife is usually sleeping by 10 uh usually start recording 10 10 30 editing and all that um so i'm losing a bit of sleep there some nights i don't go to bed till 2 a.m but uh that's when i fit it in yeah that's part of the process i love it man now you know you have a decent we mentioned you have a decent set of episodes already under your belt you know even though it's fairly new you you've talked to a lot of a lot of big guys you have a lot of you know, uh, a lot of content already there. Um, I always like to ask this, you know, with people who come on the podcast, no matter what they're doing, like really it doesn't matter what walk of life they're coming from, but what is your goal moving forward with your show? I mean, it, do you, are you just happy where it's at and you're just looking to keep talking to people and connecting with people? Like you said, you don't mind just talking about football, even if you're not recording, or do you, are you trying to make something of it like even bigger and better and just kind of keep expanding on it? You know, everyone has different, obviously, like you said, hobbies and goals, but I'm just curious what yours is with it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'll let it take its life of its own kind of thing, um, where I'm enjoying what it is now. Um, I started independent, but then dynasty league football just took me on. Um, so I'm, part of their family of podcasts now uh and i'll just let it take me where it goes you know um 
just keep interviewing people, tying it back all into Dynasty. I think there's a ton of ways that we can approach Dynasty fantasy football from Devi, IDP, straight auction, uh, you know, complicated salary cap leagues, so many different facets to Dynasty fantasy football. And I can pull from so many different angles, you know, DFS, you know, redraft, football guys, just regular um, people. And whether it's beat writers or anything, I'll keep interviewing those people and keep tying it together that how to build Dynasty fantasy football rosters because that's a 365 endeavor. We never stop building Dynasty teams. So I'll just keep pounding that. And then as far as how big it gets, it doesn't really interest me. It's kind of more, like I said, a hobby, and I hope people get something out of it. Right. Uh, so if it stays small, it stays small. It's fine with me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not making this a full-time job. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I'm a semiconductor test engineer and I love my day job. It's really fun. I get to code. I get to develop hardware. I process a ton of data. I, I do like my job right. quite a bit. So I'm not looking to quit my day job and make this full time, you know? Right. But uh, I just enjoy the hobby. That's awesome, man. Well, you're doing a good job so far and, you know, making a lot of good uh, connections. So as long as you're having fun, man, that's all that matters with it. But you know, obviously, a lot of people, they see your name on the episode. They know football season is about to come. So let's talk about some football, Kevin. Um, I, I thought about a few different ways to to approach the football side of this of this conversation because, you know, we've received a lot of questions. And I, I don't really like to leave questions out. So when I get a lot of questions, I try my hardest to fit them in, you know, to the episode that people are giving them for. Um, sometimes I, I have to float them around to different episodes. But um, I want to try to get as many of the uh, clock diders out there who sent in questions Um you know, I want to make sure we get to those. But before we do that, I want I wanted to kind of try something with you. Um, I want to throw, you know, ADP out the window. I want to throw out, you know, your roster and what it looks like out the window. I want to throw the league scoring out the window. I just want to know players that you love or like or however you want to look at it um, when not considering all those variables, right? So I want to kind of just throw some names at you and just tell me, you know, whether you like the guy you're going to draft him more often than not, or if you're not normally going to you know, land on this guy. I'm going to throw like seven, five, six, seven names at you. I just want to see kind of where you're at with him, okay? Let's do it. All right, cool. So the first name I want to throw at you is Ty Montgomery. Our first reaction is meh. You know, I, I put this on Twitter recently is that it, he doesn't excite me. He kind of, he's probably going to be like your RB2 on your roster, um, a redraft anyway. And, it's like it seems like a high price to expect for a top maybe 15 20 is probably his ceiling i would say top 15 running back is probably his ceiling mm-hmm. and then you're 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 paying right around there so it's not like you're going to get huge upside it's not like you can get um someone like a girly who might be rb2 or a second round pick and then you're going to get him you know he's going to jump up and be like possibly a top 12 right uh, so you're kind of buying at his cost. You're buying at his ceiling. So the best he can do is kind of hit at value. So that doesn't really excite me that much. So um, it, it, I'm probably passing for the other option that's on the table at the time. Gotcha. So I'm going to say I'm passing on on Ty Montgomery. But you know, people that like him, I'm not gonna. I don't argue it. You know, right. you like him, you like him. I'm not against him necessarily. Like I think Crowell's getting overdrafted. So I'd be avoiding Crowell, but for Ty Montgomery, if you like him, grab him. And the one thing I like about Ty Montgomery 
that I, I wouldn't argue against is that I like buying running backs with great offenses because they're always going to be near the end zone and that touchdown swing can really make your uh, certainly win weekly, but it can make your roster for the season. Right. So you're not crazy about them either way. So you're not you're not going to argue it either way, but you do see a little bit of the upside, basically. That's it. That, you know, and and you know, Mez, my <laughs> that's my real reaction. You know, it's not like I'm <laughs> against them or for them. You know, I'm not excited to draft them, but I'm not exactly going to get too heated trying to talk you out of them. Gotcha. The next guy I want to throw at you, Devontae Parker. You know, this is a tough one because I I love the player. Um, I I love the talent. I love them coming out. I really like them in Dynasty. But it's just when you look up that volume of offense, uh, Tannehill maybe 400, 450 pass attempts on the high side. I, I don't think he hits 500 this year. And then when you divvy up all the targets, you probably got Landry as a safe floor where he is. And then you probably got, say... 250 PPR points to go between Stills and Parker. And even if you get a 60-40 split from Parker to Stills, you're really not getting that much of a wide receiver. You're talking top maybe 48 at 150, you know, fantasy points. Right. It's just the volume's not there for all three of them. And Landry is probably the safest floor to get his targets. I mean, it would really take something like – Tannehill and Parker click and Parker becomes this down the field threat that, you know, Tannehill breaks the mold of what he's been. He'd have to have like a Matt Ryan type season where, you know, Matt Ryan had like six years or seven years of being this mediocre quarterback. And then last year he kind of, you know, sprung up and had these fantastic like TD ratio, um, pass attempts per touchdown ratio. Tannehill would have to have some kind of year like that for Parker to really excel, um, barring anything, you know, injury for stills or something like that, where then you only have two of those guys. But it's it's a hard path to kind of draw for Parker to actually hit. Right. I think he's his ADP is like wide receiver 37. If he was wide receiver, say, 40, 48, then you're drafting him as your wide receiver four maybe. That's... I could see that a little bit better, and then his upside is wide receiver three, but at wide receiver 37 in PPR in the eighth round, that seems rich, man. I'm, I'm going for Cobb, Decker, Macklin, Garcon, Sanders over him. Gotcha. So just another guy that um, you're, you're, you are typically liking what's around him more. More, yeah. Okay, gotcha. For sure. The next one is a quarterback – that some people just feel is, is a value of where he's going. Some people just hate the guy. I don't like him at all. I'm not a fan. I will not draft him regardless of where he's at pretty much. But uh, Blake Bortles, man. Yeah, I kind of pounded this a little too hard on Twitter. You know, he's like <laughs> probably quarterback uh, 20 range, quarterback 20 something. Um, so I'm taking him at that value because I think that his floor is QB 24, but I think his ceiling can be QB 8. So, you know, kind of this, um, there's a higher upside than there is a floor. So if his floor completely gives out, he's going to be like three or four QB spots off of where you took him. But the high upside is that you basically draft him as a QB two and as a backup in one quarterback leagues, and you can probably get him really late and he'll give you these weeks where, good matchup or something like that where he can really hit 
a pretty good ceiling. So I'm a buyer in Bortles, and I try to be agnostic to what kind of quarterback he is. I don't think the Jaguars, you know, they could win four games and he could still be a QB one. Right. You know, he could still be a top eight, ten quarterback, and uh, he he still be a bad quarterback. Um, and kind of to support that. One thing that I challenge people, I actually talked to Sigmund Bloom when he was on my podcast about this, is that they didn't even draft Peterman. They didn't draft anybody behind him. And I think there's only like maybe Chad Henney behind him. So I don't think they're going to replace him in season. So it, at QB 22 or something, you'd have to really argue that he's going to lose his job midseason not to be worth that price. Right. And I don't see that happening. Gotcha. That's interesting. I mean, it's, 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 you know, not losing your job, that part is interesting. Obviously, I've heard all kinds of arguments, and yeah, and you have people who just, you know, don't believe in his talent. They feel like the garbage time uh, aspect of him will go away this year a little bit because of the running game and the defense and stuff like that. So we'll we'll see how, how it plays out. But the not being replaced in season thing is a, is a, is a, is a thought for sure. Um, com- coming off of Blake Bortles, um, I actually got a question from um, – a gentleman at Swagzilla on the uh, Fantasy Life app, and he he mentioned Allen Robinson and uh, Marquise Lee. Um, uh, he he was mentioning how, I guess more so where you know where where how how they ended the season last year, and he 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 doesn't understand if we're giving Allen Robinson too much credit, if we're not giving Lee enough credit, um, because if you look at depending on different scoring formats, obviously they're going to vary all over the place, but. Um, just in your typical like PPR scoring, um, I, I want to say they finished within like 25 points of each other or something, Lee and him. Um, do you think, and obviously if we are talking ADP and stuff, they're drastically apart. Um, what, what, what do you, what do you take from that? Do you think that the Lee situation is not repeatable? Do you think that Allen Robinson is that much better really? Or do you think that no one's paying attention to Lee and they should be? I, I kind of feel both. I, I think that, um, maybe it was two years ago when Robinson was pretty good. Hearns actually had a pretty good season. So uh, if the volume's there, which I actually expect it to be, I don't think the Jaguars going to be this. I don't think they're going to flip their record. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year. I think that's a little um, expecting too much out of them. The defense will prove uh, that was kind of touted last year too, that their defense would approve and that the garbage time was going to go away and that they're going to run the ball more with Ivory and Yeldon. You know, I mean, um, call me skeptical in terms of this team um, decreasing the quote-unquote garbage time. So even if they the volume goes down a little bit, say it loses like maybe 25%, I still think the efficiency can improve. I think him and Robin uh, Bortles and Robinson just had a m- misconnection. And there, there's I, mean, I draw this parallel that Winston and Evans had this misconnection. They had this really good year. Then they had a season where they were off, I think, 2015. Um, Evans took a dip and uh, pro football focus tracks like wide receiver rating, which is the quarterback rating to a receiver. Right. And Evans dipped quite a bit because uh, Winston threw all of his interceptions like towards Evans way. And he was just kind of chucking the ball. He, he was chucking it to Evans, expecting him to come down with it. And I think Bortles did the same thing with Robinson. So I think he was just chucking it and thinking that Robinson was going to run under it and he was going to be the super receiver just to, you know, make the play. Right. And he was giving his receiver every benefit of the doubt, whether it was double covered, anything. So I think that chemistry is going to improve there quite a bit. Now, separately on Lee, you brought up Lee. 
is that I like Lee. I think he's a good receiver. I mean, there's no reason why he can't be a top 36 type receiver. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, in, and, in redraft, his ADP or something is like in the 200s, isn't it? Um, That's pretty crazy, I think, right? Like, it's far it, out there. <laughs> got it right here. It's pretty low. You know, yeah, it's a uh, wide receiver 69 in the 14th round. Yeah. Uh, which is just crazy. I would take that all day. I mean, I think the I looked up uh, his partial. So if you looked at the second half of last year, he was wide receiver twenty five ish in PPR. Um, he had a great end of the year. I mean, his knock is just people don't believe that he can stay healthy. He had a lot of hamstring issues. I mean, even the beat writers joked that uh, you're down in Florida. I don't know if you yeah. recognize this, but they call him the white albino because they never see him because. Um, <laughs> You know, he's never on the field, and he was always hurt. So if he can get that straight and those hamstring things are behind him, there's no reason why he can't be a top 36 wide receiver. Easily outpace that ADP. Yeah, it's going it's to be interesting to see how that, you know, how that goes. And, you know, if, if people get, you know, the benefit of taking Lee and it really pays off or if it's just, a, you know, one of those flash seasons, we'll see. But I thought it was an interesting, uh, interesting question by him. Um, yeah, I think I think it's um, people are up in the air with Hearns because Hearns was hurt, so they're kind of thinking it, one or the other could emerge, but not both. So I think they're both sitting in the 14th round. So it's just flip a coin and people being indecisive which one will emerge or could emerge. Gotcha. Gotcha. Definitely something to think about. The last thing I want to throw at you really quick for this is Amir Abdullah. You know, I've been on the fence with Amir Abdullah. I, I, there's times I really like him, and I'm like, oh, man, everyone should buy him in Dynasty. And then there's times I'm like, you know, if Riddick takes the receiving role, it kind of limits the upside for Abdullah to actually be that relevant. So I go back and forth a little bit on him, but, man, every time I put the tape on him for Abdullah, I'm so impressed, man. He's got these highlight runs, and just his vision seems – above average his one cut and go speed is just uh fun to watch so i get excited the more i watch him but then i try to pour some cold water on myself and <laughs> try to temper it you know make to temper it a little bit because you know without the receiving role in ppr he could get seriously limited and i don't really see him as a red zone guy so we're you know is the touchdown upside really there to really support him and even if he gets maybe 900 to 1100 yards is that enough is that enough of a floor with minimal touchdowns and minimal receiving role it's hard to put him in a top 24 running back category right i mean do, do you so think do you think in that I, I offense, have to temper myself because i do like the player do you, do you think in that offense that it's either reddick as ppr and, and you know as the receiver and and abdullah as, as strictly a runner or do you feel like there's room for both to catch passes Man, when when Riddick's on, there's no way they're taking him off the field. I mean, they love him a receiver. I mean, Stafford really has a great connection with him. Even in the red zone, he was getting red zone targets, and people were, like, pulling the hair out. Yeah. Um, Riddick can get 100 targets easy. I, they, I think they like him too much in that role. And, you know, we joke, but I don't think the Lions got – Abdullah and fantasy, you know, they're not going to feed Abdullah just <laughs> to feed him. You know, right, they're right. not looking to get him touches. If they got Riddick and he's excelling in that role, they'll just roll with Riddick in that receiving role. So, yeah, Abdullah can get some passes. There's no question. But how much? Right. It's like I don't think it's 
I can't picture the ceiling being there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it's similar to my Parker opinion earlier. Is I don't I don't think Abdullah can really take reins on the entire. Um, uh, you know, we look for we look for a number of things. We look for red zone opportunities when we're looking for upside with running backs, in particular. We're looking for touchdown upside, red zone either targets or rushes. We're looking for receiving floor that helps out on in PPR. And there's so many red flags where I, I I don't think he can get the red zone opportunities. I don't think he can get significant targets and rushing yards if the, uh, receiving yards. Excuse me. So I, I think he's gonna be more of a flashy running back that won't be even the focal of the offense. So you know I have to temper my expectations on the opportunity side of it. Gotcha. And not to mention, you know, they were both hurt last season, so I'm sure the team doesn't want to, you know run either one of them into the ground anyway. For sure. So we'll see. All right. So those are the players that I really wanted to just throw at you really quick, just because I see their names mentioned a lot. I see people with a lot of questions on them. So I was just curious when a lot of things are taken out of the picture, you know, if you just generally like those guys or not. So I appreciate you answering those. Um, what I want to jump over to is because we got so many of them is questions from the, uh, the clock Dodger family out there, the clock Dodger listeners. Um, we got a bunch of them. Uh, most of these I pulled from the, uh, the fancy life app where we got a pretty uh, strong group on there. So we're going to jump over to those, man. Are you down for that? Of course, man. Love it. All right, cool. So let's jump into those. These are kind of all over the place, man. I just pulled a bunch out. Um, You know, if you want to hit some of them longer than others and give more, you know, more time on it, that's fine. If you just want to run through some, that's also good because I got about uh, at least probably 10 of them here. So we can try to do it however, you know, however we see fit here. The first one. Let's do it. The first one is from at RTSV. And he says, who leads these teams in targets? The first team is the Bears. The uh, second team is the Rams, and the third team is the Browns. Man, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel on this one. <laughs> um, so Bears, Browns, and what was the third one? Rams. Oof, ouch. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, oof. I, my off the top of my tongue, I'm thinking it's going to be the Bears. I think with White and uh, Meredith, and the tight ends that they have and Jordan Howard, I think that offense will move a little bit more. So I'm kind of, you know, my cheat, my, my go-to cheat on this kind of a question is uh, who can move the sticks? What offense will have the most pieces to be able to move the sticks and get more first downs? Cause the more first downs you get, the more plays you get and the more plays you get, the more pass attempts you'll get. So I, I'm going to lean bears on this one. I think the Rams are going to struggle to move the ball. Um, their receiving options aren't that great. And, um, you know, the Browns, I think they're in for another dumpster fire year. Okay. And, and on I'm those, not buying the Browns. On those teams specifically, is there, is there a wide receiver that you could pick from each team that you feel will lead them in targets? The Rams would be the hardest one of those. So let's leave that for third. Uh, so the Bears, I, I would, you know. I'm a big people Meredith like guy. Meredith. Yeah. You know, people <laughs> like Meredith a lot, but, you know. I struggle with these. You know, every year I get beat out by these teams that pick off the Meredith of the world and beat me with them weekly, you know. <laughs> and I get so frustrated. I'm like, where does Meredith dude come from? <laughs> and, you know, I, so I got to give him some credence. He's probably going to lead the targets. That's a safe pick. But, you know, White had 36 targets in four games. So I, I, I wouldn't sleep on White. You know, he's getting some bad. There was a report out today that White um, – 
they they had to show White his college tape to remind him of how good he was because <laughs> yeah. I guess he's losing some confidence, which that really is red flags. Whenever that is coming out in training camp, that's a major red flag. When when a wide receiver's got in his head that he's struggling with confidence, I mean, that's a bad thing. That's really not a good sign. But at the same time, I, I do think he's maybe he's not elite, but I think he's a decent talent. And in the four games that he played, he saw a high target share. So uh, don't sleep on Kevin White is would be my advice. But we'll, we'll pick Meredith for the safe answer on that one. Uh, for the Browns, you know, Kenny Britt, <laughs> how many years are we going to do this to ourselves? <laughs> Every year we seem like to think that this guy can just do it. I mean, yeah, I think he came close to 1,000 yards or just over 1,000 yards with the dumpster fire that was the Rams. So he's probably the safe answer there. Corey Coleman's getting a lot of bad publicity. Um, I saw a report today that some in uh, ESPN Cleveland, I think, the guy came out and said that he thinks Ricardo Lewis is going to beat out Corey Coleman, which I'm sure the whole fantasy community just rolled their eyes collectively <laughs> yeah. and said, give me a break. But, you know, you can't ignore that stuff. And if it, if Lewis even doesn't beat him out, just the fact that that opinion could enter someone who's following the team, it kind of indicates that maybe Coleman's behind a little bit. And he's dealing with a lot of injuries, so he's probably is slacking a little bit and getting up to speed with the playbook and getting connections on the field and practices. People want to poo-poo practice, but I think it's important for these young receivers to catch on. So Coleman's a sexy pick there, similar to Kevin White would be, but Kenny Britt's probably the safe pick there. All right, so we got Meredith for the Bears yeah. so far and Britt yeah, for the Yeah, Meredith Bears. for the Bears and Britt, yeah. And, geez, the Rams. Can I pass? <laughs> Can I? Jeez, <laughs> uh, I'm this, like, I mean, Tavon Austin probably is probably the safe answer on that one, that they'll just feed him. I mean, they give him all that money. I couldn't believe how much they gave him in cash. But, uh, yeah, I'll go Tavon Austin on that one. Okay, that's fair. I mean, an interesting name, of course, to mention with uh, with the Rams. They got a bunch of rookies. We're not going to assume that they're going to, um, you know, do that. You know, that well, obviously, to to be the leader in receptions. But how about Robert Woods? Yeah, you know, I think people like him, liked him in Buffalo. I they always hope it would click, but I'm not sure that he's going to lead in targets. I think Tavon Austin's a guy that you can pepper targets, similar to like a Landry, close, low A dot, close to the line of scrimmage, um, easy dump off for Goff, uh, newer quarterback trying to make his way. Um, and Woods probably is more of a down-the-field threat, which takes longer to develop. So, I mean, I, I can I can see Woods having these big games where he gets like, you know, Ted Ginn type games where he gets like three for 60 and a touchdown. And then people are like, hey, look, this is, you know, 16 points, 17 points, whatever it is. So I think he, Woods can get some exciting games, but I don't think he'll lead in targets. Gotcha. That's fair. That's definitely fair. The next question is from at two drink minimum. And he asks, do you think the Dolphins move on from Landry next season? It's a tough one. It, it doesn't make any sense why they haven't reached out to him yet. And if they're going to re up Parker, it, I, th- I think they want to see how good Parker does this year. And if Parker legitimizes himself as a legit receiver in the offense, I think they'll be less likely to have Landry come back. Um, and with that said, I think what makes it difficult is I think Landry's going to want like top 
say, 10 money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's they're not going to pay it. Right. So And they're not going to franchise tag him, which would be they're going to let him walk. That that's hard to believe too. So, I think they just paid. They just paid still some money too. So, what am I going to predict in the moment? I'm going to predict that they don't let him walk. That they work. They work something out. Because gotcha. I think Landry. I think Landry right now. What, what's making that hard for him to resign? I think Landry wants the money. So he he's probably looking for a bigger extension. Um, so I mean, I've seen some reports that they haven't reached out to him at all for an extension or even to start talks. But, um. I, I have a hard time believing they don't at least have an idea what Landry would want. And I think Landry at this moment wants a big payday. But once you get to next year, I think there's a lot of UFAs that are going to be out there. I think Watkins will be on the market. Um, there'll be a lot of competition for Landry. And I think Landry will go to test the water and find out that he's not a big fish in that UFA pond. Um so uh, he probably looks at Stills and says, "Hey, Stills got this kind of money. You give me, give me a break. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm worth at least double or more than that. So he's probably looking at a lucrative wide receiver market that we just saw last year. Now, if that's going to be going on in next year, it's going to be hard because I think there's going to be a lot more receivers. I think this is a little bit light this year, um, where there wasn't that much in the pool in terms of." you know, bonafide talent. But I think next year that's going to be a little bit higher and, and Landry will have a tougher time competing in that market. So ultimately my call would be that Landry comes back. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it makes the most sense. We'll see though. Um, the next one is from at SBT1030. He asked, do you have a favorite late round quarterback and or tight end this season? You kind of mentioned, uh, What's his name earlier? Bortles is kind of a late round guy for you. So let's kind of let's let's stray more to the tight end side of things. Do you have a favorite late round tight end that you've been getting for this season? Yeah, you know, I usually just um, have a tier of guys and then whichever one falls to be the cheapest. I grab that one. Um, It feels like Rudolph is always undervalued. I I like Rudolph. Uh, He's currently going in the eighth round uh, per uh, fantasy football calculator. Uh, in PPR drafts, uh, that's tight end nine. Um, Zach Ertz, Ebron, heck, I'd run with Doyle in the 11th round. Um, Cameron Brait would be a shot in the dark. Austin Hooper even later. So maybe give me three of those guys, depending on your roster. Say, like, you, you grab a Rudolph in the eighth, uh, Brait in the 13th, and Hooper in the 14th, if you can carry three tight ends. Right. Um that, that would probably be a makeup that I'd look for. Uh, and then if I'm going to wait longer on Rudolph, I'd probably attack like an Ertz or an Ebron in the 10th, 11th round range. And then again, pair him with uh, Brait and uh, Hooper. Yeah, Rudolph definitely becomes a, a better value in the in the leagues that obviously aren't. Like, um, you know, giving extra points to tight ends or multiple tight end leagues because, you know, he, he does go higher in those leagues, obviously. But in, in, a, in a regular redraft you know, PPR league or whatever the case may be, he's a, he's a much better value, like you're saying. Um, so it'll be interesting where uh, how he does this year. Um, the The next question is from at Tim2Fresh, and this is the uh, the Washington Redskins running back question again, man. Who who do you think is going to get the bulk of the carries there, Kelly or Perrine? P. P Ryan, excuse me. I always read it wrong. Um, yeah, I'm on Kelly. I think people are diminishing – how good of a season he actually had. I mean, he had third most rookie 
running back yards. I think at 700, which is a solid season. There's nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, other rookie running backs didn't quite hit that. You know, he outrushed Henry, uh, Derrick Henry. So, I mean, the year he had was was decent. I mean, people make fun of him because he was, quote-unquote, fat Rob or whatever. (laughs) But I think he's slimmed down. He can take care of that. And he's certainly the starter. I I can't imagine he's not going to be the starter to start the year. So, and the value right now is flipped. I think Perrine's actually going ahead of him, even in redraft leagues. So, yeah, I'll – I'll take the Kelly. I'll take the Kelly by late on that one. I'm actually glad to hear you say that because it seems like you know most people have been obviously leaning P Ryan, um, you know, since they drafted him. I, I, you know, people liked him coming out of college, obviously, and Kelly they didn't really even know probably coming out of college. But um, a lot of people are really just you know totally giving him no love at all at this point. You know, they're they're totally leaning um, the other way. You know, the rookie's way, and they're not really like considering this guy at all at this point. So I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, I'm, yeah, P, I'm with you. P-Ran's going 801, RB36, and then Kelly's down in 10th round, 1008, uh, RB46. Give me the RB46, Kelly being the starter, clear starter. I mean, Kelly's going behind Forte, Duke Johnson, Latavius Murray, James White range. Um, and then P Ryan is going around uh, Kareem Hunt, Gore, that range. I, I I would slide in the eighth round. I'm sliding on running yeah. back, and I'll just I'll, I'll grab Kelly in the tenth. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, the uh, the next question, just trying to move along here, is from at time to pivot, and he's saying, "Is this a season?" of the older running backs where, you know, they carry a lot of value this season over past seasons. Uh, he's just, just, I guess, asking, is it, is this a season of the older running back to, uh, you know, have more value than usual? McCoy, DeMarco Murray, um, you know, Lynch is coming back at age 31, I think. Um, he's Lynch is in up in the third round now as the RB 12 behind that great offensive line. Danny Woodhead, another one that's, you know, up there in age. Gore. Uh, Gore, a little bit later. I mean, Gore is RB35, a little bit lower. But, um, yeah, I think every year you see this where there's three to five older running backs that just won't die off. Uh, and, but that that's coming to an end pretty soon here. I think we had a big, good run of older running backs the last 10 years or so with Forte, Jamal Charles. Uh, th- those older guys are starting to fade out now i'd expect by this time next year um you're not seeing that many older guys but this year uh we're still going to enjoy the last days of whatever peterson has left uh whatever forte has left and guys like that woodhead we'll see whatever they have left and all those guys are going in the fifth round ish range yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on that because it, the league is kind of moving in a different direction, it seems, right? I mean, running backs just don't carry the you know the, the career as long as they, they used to, it seems like. The teams don't seem to care value-wise. You know, they don't care to, to keep them around too long. It's kind of that one contract that, you know, matters to them. And um, so I think you're right, man. Some of those guys that we've seen yeah, with I, these longer I, careers won't happen anymore. I, I'd agree with that. And just to kind of add to it, I think the other side of it, too, is that you're seeing a better crop of running backs come in. I mean, I think it was a little dry 
the last like three or four years where you weren't seeing the crop of running backs come up to actually push those other guys out. So you're getting these mediocre guys that are still getting hang, hung on. Um, even Lamar Miller, Crowell, um, these guys that are just aren't dominating, they're holding on because nobody really is pushing them out. Even look at Doug Martin in, in Tampa Bay. Charles Sims was supposed to push him out. That never really happened. Right. So now they're like still giving Doug Martin a chance. So I think it's just an issue of the cr- the running back core that we've been drafting in rookie drafts and the NFL has been pulling into the NFL has been a little lagging, you know? So I think as that, you know, next year is another crop of guys coming up with Chubb and those guys. So I think that you could, you're just seeing a better crop of running backs, younger running backs come up and that kind of pushes the mediocrity of the running backs out. That's fair. That makes sense. That's a, that's something I hadn't thought about. So yeah, I agree with you on that. The uh, the next one is from at BD Duff or B yeah BD Duff. Um, he had, he said he has a third pick in a PPR draft, and he's wondering if Zeke does get suspended. And you know, let's say it's three games, does he take him still, or does he pass for a guy like uh, AB, for instance? He I guess he's kind of more so asking, you know, is there a certain amount of game suspension that? you know, you, you hear and you automatically are going to pass on, or if it's only a certain amount of games, you're like, okay, I don't really care. Yeah, I go back and forth with this because Bell, even last year, he was missing, what, three or four games, and um, he was a league winner last year. So yeah. uh, that's a tough one. You know, if you can get like a quiz Rogers and something to just kind of patchwork it for the first three games, and then you've got a high-end RB uh, that you took. But the other side of it is, if it's six games, then you're kind of like, geez, six games includes, I don't know when their buy is, but if it includes their buy, you're like, this is half the year. And that then that really becomes painful. So just on that, if I mean, hopefully your drafts are in later in August. They're not now. And hopefully this clears up before you have your drafts. But um, if, I, if I was having a draft today and I had the third pick, I'd probably go Antonio Brown just because of the safety – uh, call me chicken bleep, but <laughs> I'm going AB with my third pick if if that if I had to draft today. But you know, if your drafts, I mean, it's hard to answer that now on August first. Right, but it, but it, but say uh, say say you did know he had a three game suspension. Are are you taking him over AB then? Three games, I'm taking AB. Okay, you're still taking AB. Okay. Yeah, and that would be tough, and I could make the I could. You know, if you make the case to me that you're willing to patchwork it and have a good draft and still be able to patchwork it with like Quiz Rogers or something like that early in the year, um, it's not crazy so to you then. That's not crazy. I'm okay with that. But um, personally, I love Antonio Brown so much that you don't have to bend my arm to take him. So <laughs> right. I'm okay with that. This is like a good consolation prize if you ask. Gotcha. Um, the last one here that I definitely wanted to hit on was from at OBJ13, and he says, name a player whose ADP is too high for you, uh, just, I guess, just out of the, the bunch that are out there, and a player whose ADP is too low for you. I know we've we've mentioned a bunch this episode pretty much, but um, if you just have two guys that really stick out to you. Uh, so 
for a high, I'd say Marshawn Lynch is at 301, RB12. I'm not buying that at all. I mean, I don't know that he can come back from a year off, what kind of shape he's in. He seems like a really like he's been goofing off. I, I know it's people are buying into that offensive line that basically it's like a Dallas, like anybody can just run behind it and be good. But I can't buy Lynch at 301. That that to me seems out of whack. Uh, in terms of something, somebody that's going really low. Um, that's a good one. Let's let's go with somebody like uh, Frank Gore. You know, seven eleven, uh, RB two in the seventh round. I'll buy that all day. Take him as your RB two, and then you can get. Uh, some other ones like Riddick in the seventh round. If you get seven and eighth round, you can get Gore or Riddick. I like those uh, undervalued picks. Uh, pretty good. Gotcha. Perfect. All right. So that's it for the listener questions that I have right now that I that I can remember that I wanted to really that I really wanted to hit on. Um, I do want to jump over to our foul or no foul, of course, before we close this out. As it's a you know a signature part of the show for me. So are you ready for some foul or no foul, Kevin? Let's do it, man. All right, let's go. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. So the first uh, foul or no foul statement that I have, and of course, you know, for anyone who's not familiar, uh, I always I always want to, you know, lay this out because I, I love people to play along with us. So if you're not familiar with the rules of the game, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw statements at you um, that I've either, you know, picked up around the internet or people have given me or whatever the case may be. And if you agree with the statement that I read to you, then there's no foul. You, you, there's no foul on the play. You're not throwing a flag. It's all good. You agree with it. If you, on the other side, if you don't agree with the statement, then there is a foul. So you're throwing the flag. Get it out of here. There's a foul on the on the statement. You do not agree with it. You got it? Got it. Okay, cool. So everyone playing at home, you guys got it. All right, so the first one is from at R. Ruxin. He comes out here with a bold statement, man. Kelvin Benjamin will be a top 15 wide receiver this season in PPR. Foul or no foul? Foul, no way. I don't see him as top fifteen. Not a chance. How? Where do you see him? How far do you will you put him? You know, this is a tough one because these are the kind of players that I'm out completely on, and I don't want them. You know, somebody's always going to take him where where ahead of where I would right. take him. So right now, um, even if you say yeah, you were being bold, see. even if you were being bold, where would you put him? Uh, let's see. Let let. If I was the last person to draft him, how far would I let him fall? Um, I'm looking through the HP list. Maybe yeah. around, like I would take Golden Tate, Edelman, Crowder, Sneed, all over him. Uh, so certainly wide receiver 32 range. Okay. You know, uh, I, where like Moncrief, Sanders, Garcona going. Uh, it might be that range. Right. Yeah, I would say between wide receiver thirty two and thirty six. Gotcha. So sorry, Ruxin. You're out you're out you're way out of the ballpark yeah, with top, Kevin. Top fi- <laughs> top fifteen is top fifteen's tight, man. I mean you're talking like prior Keenan Allen, D T, Hopkins, Cooks, Baldwin, all in the eleven to fifteen range. Yeah. I mean, even that doesn't that's like even outside looking in of that range is Watkins, Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey. Landry, Adams, Matavis Bryant. I mean, that's a serious list right there. 
I yeah, mean, and even even me, how crowded they are. Yeah, even me. I'm a, I'm a big Kelvin Benjamin fan. Like I'm just a believer in the guy, and I just think he has the skills to translate. But I I wouldn't put him in the top fifteen either. I, I would say if I was you know trying to be bold and pushing it, I would say like top twenty or something. You know, just pushing it. But you know, realistically, he'll probably fall to me in the twenty five ish range. But that's again, I'm a big fan so, of him. So you know, and I think just to point out real quick on these, I I like to remind people. I think what happens is you like a wide receiver and you're like, hey, yeah, I think he could be a top 24 wide receiver. Right. But the the thing is what you really got to do is sit down. Even if you don't rank people, if you just, you know, uh, uh, I would do this for myself in a regular home redraft league. Right. Go out and list even players you don't like. Go look at the top 30 wide receivers and list them down, like write them on a piece of paper, look at them, and then tell yourself which ones do you think fall out of the top 24 that you're going to put one that's outside top 24 into the top 24 because it's just too many wide receivers it's right. really saturated if you look at it i mean there's a lot of good receivers in the nfl right now and it's just hard the top 30 are really good i mean even if you put like willie sneed is wide receiver 29 and adp and that's sick i mean that's sick <laughs> yeah that's crazy and, I, and of course this is you know the the uh the, the, the reason why people, you know, sometimes draft wide receivers later and, you know, try to get those running backs early is because, like you're saying, you're talking 30 guys back and you're like, there's still sick wide receivers there, you know? That's right. So it's an interesting thing, man. But we'll see how KB plays out. Obviously, KB, you know, there's people on both sides. Some people really hate Kelvin Benjamin and then some people like the guy. So we'll see what happens. You know, and last thing on KB is I, I even try to keep the weight thing out of it. Like, I assume, I mean, there was a report today he came into camp at 243, which is, that's an outlier weight-wise for a wide receiver. I mean, that's like Calvin Johnson, and I was looking up like David Boston. I think those are the two comps that you can have for weight at 6'5", 240-plus. He's an outlier at that weight. He's got to probably bring that down a little bit to 230 or so. Um, but even keeping that aside, it's just look at how many wide receivers he's got to compete with for, for that, especially top 15. Right, right. And I definitely agree. That's that's good. The The next one is uh, – the next statement we have here is Terrence West will have a better season than Doug, Doug Martin in points per carry scoring. Foul or no foul? Yeah, foul on that one. I got Doug Martin even in a shorter – I mean, he's only going to – he's going to miss three games, but I don't think Terrence West – is good enough to even stem off Buck Allen. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so even uh, with mean, Dixon out for the year and Doug even Martin, with Dixon out, the you know year the camp and reports all... and everything. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm. Uh, I like Woodhead to do that role. I think he can do it, and I don't think that. I mean, they could pass freaking six hundred times that team. Right. That they, they love to throw the ball, and they'll just have Woodhead in there. I mean, if they think about it in football standpoint if they take Wood, woodhead off the field for terrence west they deserve to lose i mean that's just a bad <laughs> you know uh value play i mean it's just you shouldn't do that i mean there's no reason why they should do that and the only chance that terrence west has is that roman i think they had roman as a rushing specialist coach kind of thing if if he has any say and they actually start to run the ball which they should not do um then yeah i can't see it I can't see West doing much more than um, <laughs> like 700 yards kind of season. And I think Doug Martin can have some weak winning weeks. I mean, maybe season total, it'll even out between him and West if West plays 
15, 16 games. But I think Martin can be weak winner. I, th- I think Martin could have, you know, 20-point weeks where he hits those ceilings for you, and at his ADP, he's winning you weeks as you're, you know, he'll give you, like, RB2-type weeks, um, and, and certainly doesn't come at that cost. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Martin on that one. All right, I'm a, I'm a big Martin fan too. So again, we're on the same page on that one. Um, the next one, again, another big wide receiver, but this guy carrying a lot of hype. Lots of great videos coming out of a course at training camp on a new team. Terrell Pryor will finish in the top 15 wide receivers in PPR this upcoming season. Foul or no foul? Foul. Uh, yeah, I'm not that high on Pryor. Um, I think right now he's going as wide receiver 16. Um, I could easily see Watkins, Allen Robinson, Jeffrey, Landry finishing ahead of him. Uh, So not much wiggle room there. I think Pryor could be top 24, um, but I don't see him as top 15. Okay. And do you see the move to Washington being a bad thing for him or a good thing? I think a good thing. I mean, he'll probably lose targets in – in Cleveland offense, they were feeding him. He was a he was doing really well, and he was the only true option to yeah, get thrown to. He was getting to. fed like crazy. So he, he got he got fed like crazy <laughs> with like 140 targets. Uh, some people cite his low yak, but who's probably just catching the f- the ball downfield and then not getting you know not getting yak after his long catches. So I'm fine with that. I, I'm fine with his yak uh, being a little bit lower, but I don't think he sees 140 targets in Washington. So I think that limits him a little bit. I think for a wide receiver one, you really have to hit 135 targets is usually my threshold that I like to see. And I don't think he hits that. So he's probably looking at a 110 to 125 range for targets. And then you kind of have to backtrack to, you know, can he improve his efficiency, his catch rate kind of thing, which – I don't think that's a quarterback issue. I, I think that his he he's more of going to be of a deep threat, and I think that his catch rate could still stay sub sixty percent. So you're talking about a lower efficiency, and I think that kind of holds him back a little bit. And then uh, even outside of Reed, I think that uh, between Docs and emerging and Crowder being there, I think they'll all split those targets pretty evenly. You know, even if they get a hundred apiece, I think it limits. Uh, prior is upside. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fair points. All the touchdowns points. might be there, though. You know, the touchdowns might be there. So that touchdown variance is where, if I'm going to be wrong about prior, that's where I'll be wrong, is that Crowder, Reed, they don't get the touchdowns, and Cousins have a have a red zone connection with prior. That, that's where, if I'm going to be wrong on prior, that's where I'll be wrong, is that his touchdowns exceed six, seven, eight range, where I would put it sub six. Right, and obviously a big factor in that would be Reed if he's hurt or, you know, whatever the case may be. So that would obviously change things dramatically. Um, the 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 uh, the last one here um, that I have, yes, the last one that I have, um, this, this one is a, a bold statement, man. Um, I trust Mike Gillisey over Todd Gurley, foul or no foul? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. You're asking a Patriots fan this question? Yeah, I'm man. Gonna I, I, revoke my, revoke my Patriots card for this one, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> so you trust Gillisey. Uh So I'll say foul, man. 
I could not. I know it hurts you to say that, Kevin. Scenario. I could never envision a scenario with Gurley on town alone. I mean, they got to fix him. I mean, he's going to get force-fed carries. And, yeah, I see positive regression for Gurley. I'm not, not that I'm a buyer on Gurley. I mean, he's got a much higher cost than Gillisley. But at the same time, I'm trusting that Gurley's talent is going to be force-fed. And that volume is something I want. So I'm going there. And, you know, Gillisley, the the risk is lower volume, but he's going to have higher touchdown upside that, you know, I, I certainly don't expect 18 touchdowns like Blunt had. But even if he's at 12 touchdowns, then it really excels him into the RB1 category where Gurley could finish in the, you know, RB2 RB15 kind of range. So there is potential. I can see, you know, where where the question would come from. I think it's a good one because Gillisley, well, that's what makes it so hard, right? And that's why it's a good question because Gillisley's touchdown upside definitely can outpace what Gurley will get volume yard-wise. And Gurley's ceiling hasn't been that high. I think it's some ridiculous season and a half. He hasn't had a game over 100 yards. So... And Rams, are they going to score many touchdowns? Probably not. So his upside is seems limited. But at the same time, if they can fix that offensive line and Goff is capable, uh, you know, I think Gurley had like 10 touchdowns in his rookie year. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I'm going Gurley, uh, I think, foul. But at the same time, uh, I can give credence to why you'd ask that kind of a question. <laughs> Certainly, Gillespie could. You know, Blunt finished what RB eight ish range with eighteen touchdowns and you know almost three hundred carries. I think he finished with two hundred ninety nine carries in the Patriots offense. So that kind of volume can't be ignored. If Gillespie can repeat that or even get seventy five percent of that volume in that touchdown, then certainly he he could. You, you can envision a scenario where it does happen. Yeah. But, and there's just like at this point, it's like <laughs> I'm leaning on Gurley's talent way too hard. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, we had to get bold here on fantasy football foul or no foul, man. It's just a part of the game. But I, I figured, you know, we got a guy like Gurley who, you know, people obviously they all believe in his talent, but they're so down on the Rams and how they use him and the offense. And you got a guy like Gillisy who, you know, he lands on the Patriots and he's all the rage right now. And, you know, like you said, you mentioned the carries that, you know, were left behind by Blunt and all these things. So I just, I was curious what you would say. And obviously being a, a Patriot fan, I had to, you know, push you a little bit, man. Well, Kevin, I do want to thank you for coming on. Obviously, you know, we, we went through the gamut here. We talked about your podcast. We talked about, you know, the, the, the questions here from the listeners. We did some foul or no foul. We just, we know we got, we dug in deep on fantasy football. So I do appreciate, you know, you spending that time with me and, uh, you know, giving, giving the listeners some good advice here for the listeners. Where can they find you? Where? How can they support your content? How can they find you if they want to ask you questions and get involved with you? What? What? what where do they go? So you can find my work on uh, DynastyFootball.com. Find me on Twitter, the underscore FF engineer, the underscore FF underscore engineer on Twitter. The best place is always Twitter, man. Okay. Anybody can go on Twitter and find myself there. Okay. And where do they find the podcast again? The podcast can be uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, it's everywhere, man. Okay, and and uh, just so they hear the title of it again, the title one if they're looking for it on iTunes, for instance, what are they searching for? Fantasy Football Engineering. 
fantasy football engineer and okay i highly recommend you guys go there subscribe to that leave kevin a review too man it helps out um and again man thank you for coming on i always do like to ask our our, our guests to uh to leave our you know our listeners with a final piece of advice or a message of any sort at all it doesn't have to be fantasy football if you don't want it to be it could be anything uh what, what, what would you leave our listeners with man Let's go. It's draft season, so I'm going to leave you guys with some draft tips. Know your tiers. You know, some people, they look at a list of players going into a draft, but I really recommend you having tiers and, and look at runs. You know, so if you're looking at the, maybe the top eight or so uh, running backs in your draft and you want to make sure that you get one of those, you know, keep an eye on that. You know, make sure you know your tiers. You know, the top eight running backs, the top say 12, 15 wide receivers for your wide receiver one, know your tiers and know where those drop off. And, and, you know, before you go into your draft, make sure you're prepared uh, and, and be prepared that there's a pretty big, you know, wide receiver three pool out there these, this year. So, you know, you may want to make sure that you, you're able to wait there a little bit if you want to. So uh, just know your tiers going into your draft. I think that's a safe bet to a good piece of knowledge there. Know your tears. You heard it from Kevin. Know your tears. I appreciate it again, man. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Really no, like, really enjoyed it. No problem. Absolutely. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It was an honor to have you on here. Great to have a conversation with you. Smart guy, man. I know you guys took some notes from him there. Again, if you want to follow up this conversation with him on Twitter, or if you want to thank him for coming on the podcast, tell him to come back on, whatever the case may be, you can hit him up at the underscore FF underscore engineer. See, he throws a bunch of underscores in there, try to throw you off to see if you know you're quick, if you're smart enough to get it. And if you get it, you're allowed to talk to him. <laughs> nah, seriously, you guys know when it comes to people on this podcast, I make sure that people who come on are ones that interact with people. They're not too big, you know, to respond to you. So Kevin is one of those guys. He's a good dude. Um, we only fuck with people who fuck with people, if that makes sense. Um, you know, people, pe good people, right? That's what we do here. So shout out to Kevin again for coming to the show. Guys, don't forget, the Clock Dodgers podcast is officially sponsored by No Halftime. I will have more details to follow. More details to follow. If you are in the Charity Ring League, you'll be getting an email from me soon. You will know, and we'll get that bad boy rolling. Also, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, if you listen to this podcast today and you're like, damn, this is the first episode I ever listened to. This was amazing. Or this is the 63rd episode I've ever listened to. Am I not subscribed to this thing? Am I just streaming it when it comes on? No. Hit the subscribe button. It's super beneficial to us. Also, if you can leave a review, that is so nice of you. We really appreciate it. To everyone that's already left reviews, thank you. I will say, however, however, we, we got a gift recently from a listener. We were gifted something by a listener. Um, I'll get into more details on that as well. But let's just say there's going to be there's gonna be some favors that I ask of you, right? Maybe it's to retweet something, to follow on Twitter, to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, some, something fun, right? Something not too hard. And then your name will be entered into a drawing to win something very cool. And again, this gift was given to us by a listener. Those are my favorite gifts. Whenever I get gifts from listeners... Um, and, and people who are part of the Clock Dodger family and just want to, you know, to give back something or to provide something that will help build what we're doing here just to make things a little fun. I love that. So we will talk, we, we'll talk about it a little more. 
I, I, it just came in. So as, as I get that thing squared away, I'll let you know and you'll know about it. Just so kind of kind of hang with me for a second because there's some fun details for that. Other than that, guys, those, those are the major things I wanted to tell you about. Of course, as always, visit ClockDodgers.com. Yes, we have an official website. It's ClockDodgers.com. If you're not already checking it out, I don't know what you're doing. Because we're not just your regular podcast. We're not just your regular website. We got some some different stuff going on here, some unique stuff. And I love the guys who contribute to ClockDodgers.com. Guys like Tyler, Josh, Jason, Swag, uh, Nick. Um, uh, so, so many cool guys, right? Um, AC, Ace. You know, you guys know him as Ace. Ace. Tim. There's so Eddie, there's so many guys, and I don't want to leave anybody off. I'm trying to, uh, Christo, you know, there's just so many guys that have been contributing lately. It's really, it's a lot of fun. And if you're interested in contributing, hit me up. Follow me at Clock Dodgers at, on all social media platforms, or just send me an email, clockdodgers at gmail.com, and we'll get it talking right then and there. Otherwise, you guys know where to find me. You know what it is. I appreciate the love and support as always. If there's any reason you want to hit me up, just hit me up. We'll talk. We'll chit-chat. We'll make something happen. If you're interested in, in sponsoring the podcast, hit us up. Anything at all, just hit me up. All, all the lines are open. <laughs> all the lines are open, as they say. They're ringing off the hook. They're all open. So just hit me up, guys. Um, again, it was cool. This chat with Kevin was great. Be on the lookout for a lot more content. The, the football season is about to kick off. You're about to realize that you need to be locked in the clock dodgers, right? The whole offseason, we fed you. We fed you with great content. I'm talking about just for the fancy football people here. Just for fancy football, the whole offseason, we fed you with content. I mean, if you haven't been subscribed this whole time, go back and check it out. Those things aren't over, you know, they're not, they're not like past due where they're not good anymore. They're not expired. Go back and check out those episodes. There's a lot of good stuff on there you're going to miss out if you don't check it out. But going forward, it's only going to get more intense. A lot of fun stuff lined up as far as that is concerned. Of course, even on the non-fantasy side of things, a lot of fun stuff. Lots of fun stuff in all aspects here. So just stay tuned, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast because that's how you get the stuff first. Follow us on, on social media. That's how you get stuff first. That's how you get to interact with the contests and the games and all the other stuff that we're doing that we're building here. Clock Dodger family, I love you guys. As always, be kind, be great. Keep dodging. Visit ClockDodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at ClockDodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope.